Welcome to Thousand Hills Ranch Church. We're excited for you to hear this message, and we hope it blesses your life. Spring is almost here, and like I said, in, in almost every um, you know, area uh, of the country that we live in, in, in the ranching industry, in uh, you know, people that raise cattle, cattlemen, whoever you are, a lot of times people will, will gather their cattle and work them in the spring. Unless you have a fall you know, set of cows or whatever, it usually happens in the spring. And so a lot of places, they'll use horses to go out, like I've said before, and gather their cows and work their cattle. Um, and inevitably, uh, when you go out to gather cattle or go out to work, you know, a set of calves or whatever, you've got to go through a gate, right? Um, in the larger ranches, I've been to some pretty amazing ranches. Uh, I get the pleasure to go ride with some great cowboys. But in a lot of the bigger ranches, they'll have different what they call camps, right? They'll have a north camp, they'll have a south camp, maybe a west camp, east camp. And there'll be a guy that's in charge of each of those camps. And so he lives in a house on that camp and he'll take care of that set of cows. Well, like I've said, a lot of times, that, you know, that camp man will call a few guys and they'll say, hey, we're going to go gather this set of cows. We're going to bring them in. We're going to work them. Well, inevitably, there's a gate, a wire gate that you have to go through to gather those cows. And, and generally speaking, and in, in the tradition of ranching, usually when you walk up or you ride up to that gate, it's the camp man who opens the gate, Right? Um, it's the guy that's familiar with the gate. It's the guy that, you know, is in charge of that pasture. He'll get off his horse, he'll dismount, and he'll open the gate so that those cowboys can ride through, or he'll leave the gate open so that we can bring the cows back through. Well, here's, uh, uh, we've been in a series, or we started a series last week called The Gate Opener. The Gate Opener, and we, the subtitle is We Ride to serve. And so just like that camp man gets off his horse and he lowers his position to be able to serve those other guys, I believe that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are all called to serve God and other people. Amen? And so today you're going to get part two of, of this series. Um, last week we learned a couple things. Uh, the first thing that we learned was we must lower our position to fulfill our mission. Like I said, just like that cowboy has to dismount off his horse, lowers his position so that he can open the gate so those guys can ride through, as believers in Jesus, we must do the same thing and lower our position so that we can fulfill God's plan for our life. The second thing that we learned is this. We must go from being a consumer to being a contributor, right? Right? Um, in, in church, a lot of times, I, I grew up in uh, church, going to church uh, a lot. Um, my parents are awesome Christian people, and they took us to church. Um, and, and oftentimes, if not every time, I would come to church wanting to get something, right? I mean, that's normal. We all do it. That's why you're here, so that you can get encouraged in the Word of God and so that you can get fed the Word of God. But here's what Jesus wants you to know and wants me to know. The nourishment that we get when we come to church is nourishment to give us strength so that we can serve other people. Are you with me? And so really the nourishment that we get isn't necessarily what we always consume, it's what we actually give. It's like, you know, if I want to be, you know, fed, I need to start serving and I'll get fed even more by serving. It's weird, but it, that's just the way it works. How many of you guys have ever taught anything in your life? You've taught a class, you've taught somebody, you've taught something. It, is it not true that when you teach something, you actually learn more than the people that you're teaching? Anybody ever experienced that? 
Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it works. If, and it's the same way when you begin to serve, you begin to be filled with, you know, the nourishment and the strength that you need so that you can continue to do God's will. Here's, here's what I know about my life, and I hope it's the same for yours. Deep down, I believe that all of us want to make a difference, right? I mean, all of us want to do something that really matters, Well, here's what I've learned about God and in my relationship with God. I believe what matters most in life is what we do for God. Again, some of you guys, listen to this. Some of you guys are, you're going to work every day and you're getting that paycheck and you're paying your bills and you're raising cows and you're raising kids and you're raising all these things and you're like, man, I don't even know if this is, you know, you know what is this accomplished in my life? Why am I going through all these motions? Why do I do all this stuff? Listen, what, ra- what really matters most is what you do for God. And if you'll do all of those things for the glory of God, you will make a difference in eternity. And so the thing is, we have to trust that God has a plan for our lives. And you say, well, again, what, what has God called every believer to do? Here's what I believe, and, and, and I'll show you a scripture here in just a second that backs it up. I believe that we were made to build his church. We were made to build his church, not just Thousand Hills, but the capital C church, and to grow the kingdom of God. Amen? That's what really matters in life. And as a pastor, as your pastor, my calling is to serve you, right? My calling is to, to, to you know, just like that camp man that takes care of that, that set of cows. No offense. <laughs> that was a joke, but yeah, there we go. So <laughs> some of you guys are, you know, never mind. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Um, but, but just like that guy, he open, you know, or he opens those gates and works those, you know, that set of cows and he makes them healthy and gives them their shots and all that stuff and, you know, helps them grow. I'm called to open gates so that you can come to Christ and so that you can begin to serve God as well. And here's, here's what God's shown me in the last few months. I need to be doing more of that. I need to be serving even more. If I'm going to ask you to humble yourself and lower your position to serve other people, then that's what I need to do. That's what, I, that's what we need to do. We need to be available even more so that we can serve you guys and set the example so that you can know how to serve as well. And so one of the things uh, Heather and I, we, we've been praying through as a family is um, we live 25 miles east of here um, on the uh, Chester Blacktop. And one of the things we're praying about is moving. Um, moving closer to Woodward so that we can serve our church better. Um, and so my prayer is that you would pray with us that, that you know, God would provide if that's his will um, for us to sell our house. Uh, we love our house. I mean, I've worked, you know, done a lot of work on it just like everybody else does, but um, done a lot of work out there. But we are willing to step out in faith and say, okay, God, uh, we want to serve our church even more. We want to be available even more. We want to be closer uh, to the people that you've called us to serve. And so if it's your will, uh, we'll put our house up for sale and we will move um, so that we can uh, serve other people better. And so pray, with, pray for us. Um, we're obviously not moving away. We're moving actually closer, um, Lord willing. And so, um, but that's something, yeah, that's something that God's, you can clap for that. <laughs> that's one of the ways that God has asked us to serve even better. Um, and so that's what we're taking a step of faith and saying, okay, God, whatever you want us to do. And so I'm called to serve you. But here's what else I'm called to do. I'm called to equip you to serve, right? 
Listen to the scripture in Ephesians chapter four. It says this, and now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do what? To do his work and build up the church, which is the body of Christ. And so for the last few weeks, and I pray for you guys all the time on a daily basis, um, we are praying for you. But for the last few weeks, I've been praying and asking God, God, send us more workers, send us more servants. And I'm thankful for those of you that already serve. But I, I believe that God wants everybody in the church to serve in some form or fashion. Um, and you say, well, why? Why should I serve the church? Well, uh, here's the cool thing about, you know, when you start serving uh, God and serving in the church and serving for his glory. He blesses you. Blessings come to those who serve. Um, do I do it for the blessing and, in, in, you know, that's it? No. I do it for the glory of God or we should do it for the glory of God. But the cool thing about God is he says, hey, when you begin to serve, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you things that not everybody else gets because you're actually doing something that not everybody else is doing. Are you with me? And you say, well, what are the, what are the blessings? Well, um, look at, look at Colossians chapter three. It says, uh, in, in verses 23 and 24, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart and working or as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will what say these long words with me, receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. You see it? He says, hey, do everything you can. Whatever you say, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, and you're going to receive an inheritance that, that is from the Lord as your reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You know what that scripture is telling me? I'm going to have some rewards in heaven because of the things I did for God. Amen? And so here's the thing. My question is, how many rewards am I going to have? And you say, well, what, are you out for the reward? I, here's, here's the thing I know about heaven. The rewards that I receive in heaven are going to be gifts to the Lord that I served. So every jewel, every crown, everything that I receive, it's not going to be for me when I get there. It's going to be, I'm going to receive all these things, and then I'm going to lay them at his feet and go, I did it all for you, Lord. These are all for you. So inevitably, it's because we serve the Lord that we receive inheritance that we can give back to the Lord. So here's the question. How many rewards are you going to have in heaven? How many things have you done that truly matter in eternity? Again, we can make a living. We can raise cattle. We can go do through all the motions. We can own a business. We can serve at you know, our job. We can do all those things. But none of those things are going to matter in eternity if they're not done for the glory of God. It says whatever you do doesn't just say come to church. It says if you're going to speak, speak for the glory of God. If you're going to do something, do it for the glory of God. And he says, guess what? If you do that, I'm going to give you an inheritance like you've never heard before, never seen before in heaven. But here's the cool thing about it. I believe that we can be blessed on earth as well, right? I mean, he didn't just come to just so that we can have an eternal life. He came so that we can have, you know, an abundance of blessings while we're here on earth. And you say, well, what are some of those blessings? Well, I'll give you three and I'm done. You ready? Here's some of the blessings. The first one is this. When you serve, we discover, when we serve, we discover our gift. 
When you actually begin to serve, you can actually discover the gift that God has given you that you can, you know, again, get in your sweet spot and begin to make a difference even more and even more and even more. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, there are different kinds of what? Gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of? Service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of? Working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same what? God at work. And so we all have different gifts. You have different gifts. You, have, you, may, you not have the gift that I have or the gift that your you know, spouse has or your kids have or whatever. Uh, I'll give you a couple of illustrations. Uh, there are different ways to open gates, right? There's different latches that you open gates with. I'll give you a few of these. Uh, anybody ever use one of those? Have you ever seen that? It's cowboy latch. So if you, if you ride horses at all, this is a great uh, latch to have because you can ride up to next to that gate. You grab that horseshoe, you pull it up, and then you ride through. You open the gate. You never have to get off your horse. And when you're lazy and old and <laughs> you don't want to get off your horse, then this is the best latch, right? Because you, don't, you, just, you just do it. Here's, a, here's another latch. This is a spring latch. This is on a pig pen. You like that one? That's bacon in the back. He's going to the, he's going to the butcher in the next few weeks but that's a spring latch and so you grab that latch and you just hold it and then it springs shut when you put it back I, I actually built that gate right there this is what anybody recognize one of these yeah that's a that's a, a gate you know what do you call it I just went blank a what cheater bar that's right you have a cheater bar and that's I'm holding on to this cheater bar so a lot of times if you can't close the wire gate yourself because you're not strong enough you grab that cheater bar and you hook it around that post like it is and then you grab a hold of it and then you try to hold on to it real tight and you try to pull the you know the cable over the fence anybody ever used one yeah cheater bar uh those are those are kind of fun to play with You, you can get hurt really good with those uh, go to the next one. This one, again, is the one that I got from my wife. <laughs> because there are some gates that are so tight that you can't get them closed. So I bought this. And uh, at the top there, you can see that little yellow sticker. Right beside it is a pin. So you pull the handle down. You pull the pin. And then it unwinds. And the cable comes loose. And it's real easy to open the gate. And then when you go to close the gate, you put the cable back over the post. You wind it up. And then you slide the pin back in. How many of you guys have ever seen this last one? That one is just a normal latch. This is the one where, you know, you got to put your arm through like this and you got to grab a hold and you got to pull as tight as you can. And then you got to let go and then you got to pull the wire off. And then when you try to close it, then you got to put the wire on and then you pinch, you know, your skin right here and you poke a hole in your shirt and all those things. That's the worst wire gate latch ever. And I try to make them really, really loose so that, again, my kids can learn how to open them as well. Is that bad? What? I gave, I didn't give birth. You gave birth to them for a reason, so we're going to put them to work. Well, just like there are different latches to open gates, guess what? God has given each of us, each of you, a gift that he wants you to use to open gates so that others can come to know Christ. Amen? And so, You say, well, what is my gift? Well, here's what I've learned. When you begin to serve, guess what? You're going to discover your gift. The sad part is, unfortunately, a lot of people never step out on faith and go, hey, I'm actually going to serve somebody. I'm actually going to serve God. I'm actually going to do something in the church. I'm going to go from being a consumer to a contributor. And here's the, here's the sad part. They've experienced God's change in their heart and they've come to know Christ and he's forgiven them of their sin and they've you know, been changed and now they have eternal life, but they've never stepped out on faith and actually shared that with other people. 
and served in a way that's going to make a difference in those other people's lives. And so some of you guys are like, I don't know my gift. I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what God's plan is for my life. I don't know how he can use me. Well, here's the deal. Step out in faith, begin to serve him, and then he's going to show you what your gift is. Um, and here's the cool thing. You can join a team. We've got a howdy team. We've got a, you know, a uh, ranch kids ministry. We've got, you know, an arena team. We've got, you know, a facilities, bar facilities setup team. We've got all those teams where you can join and you can be a part of serving his church to grow the kingdom of God. And those are amazing. But here's the other side of it. You can do stuff outside of just being a part of a team. Maybe your gift is you love people, and because of that, you have some great relationships with everybody, and everybody loves you. Can you use that gift to glorify God? Absolutely. I mean, there are people that I get to meet, and I'm not saying I have a great personality or whatever, but I, I, I love people, and I, I, you know, I'll introduce myself to anybody and the waitress or whoever. And, and, and one of the coolest things that I get to do, and I believe, again, it's maybe one of my gifts, is I get to build a personal relationship with people, and then through that relationship with them, I can share Christ. So it's a gift of my personality, if you want to call it that. Some of you guys have that same gift. Some of you guys, people love you and they're attracted to you and, and they just love being around you. And all of a sudden, if you were to just say, okay, I'm not gonna just hang out with them. I'm not just gonna eat with them. I'm not just gonna have fun with them. I'm actually gonna pray and ask God, God, give me an opportunity to share my faith with them so that they can come to know the Savior that I know and they can go to heaven someday. And you use your gift to make an eternal difference. Amen? Again, some of you guys have so much wisdom. You grew up and, and you read the Word of God. Your parents read the Word of God. And you can maybe teach of one of our classes or be a part of a ranch group and, and go and invest in families or couples. Or maybe you're an older couple and you've you know, been married for years and you've got it all figured out. What not to say and when not to say it and all those things. And you see all these young couples and they got these young families. Maybe you just need to come alongside of them and say, hey, we'd love to take your family out to dinner and get to know them, build a relationship with them so that they can grow in their faith and raise kids that love Jesus. Are you with me? Some of you guys, you don't know it yet, but your gift is serving in the ranch kids ministry. Amen. Amen. Some of you guys have, you know, you're like, I don't like kids. I, you know, kids don't like me. Have you ever been around them long enough to figure that out? Again, some people upstairs, I mean, praise God for them. They didn't know their gift was with kids until they, they got up there and they began to minister to kids. Some of you ladies, there are little girls up there that don't get love like you got love when you were a kid. They've never been loved like Jesus is supposed to love people. And so they go home or they come here and their, kid, their parents drop them off and leave them and they come and they don't get any, you know, love from home. But when they show up here, they get the love from a, a, a godly woman in their life. And so some of those girls need you in their life, right? Men, the same thing. Maybe your gift is working with kids and you say, I don't, I don't believe that. That's bull of crap. You know, whatever. No, listen, there's some boys that need to know how to be men, they need you to serve them, show them how to be a man so that they can grow up and love God too. And so your gift may be compassion. 
Your gift may be teaching. Your gift may be, you know, financially savvy. Maybe you're a business-minded person and, and you know how to work numbers. Maybe you need to come and say, hey, Bo, anytime you have a, you know, a budget decision or, you know, you need to learn how to, you know, spend that money that, you know, the church gives, I would love to have that wisdom in my life. Um, maybe yours is physical labor. Yeah. I mean, manual labor. Your name's Manuel, you know. Um, and, you know, you, you love to serve in a physical way. Again, we need those people. We, that's a gift. I believe that, again, maybe one of those areas that I love is, you know, manual labor. I love it. If you say, you know, go dig that ditch, I, I'm, again, I might be fat and old and might have to sit down for a little while. But I love physical labor. Um, and maybe that's your gift. Maybe you can serve the church in that way. Maybe you're musical. Some of you guys aren't. I know, I've heard you. But maybe some of you guys are. Um, and I can tell you, obviously, we've had turnover in our band. You guys know that. But Olivia's doing an amazing job. Give her another hand. She does an amazing job. But here's the deal. We've been looking, you know, I've searched under every rock, every honky-tonk, every bar, everywhere I could find to, to find a drummer, a bass player, you know, maybe a fiddle player, whatever, just so that we can grow our music in, in our band. We want to, you know, again, grow that back. And so maybe you're musical and you know that your, your style would fit our style. We want you. We need you. Maybe you know somebody that's musical. Again, those are gifts that God can work through in miraculous ways. You say, how does playing the drums glorify God? It can bring people into the presence of God. They can experience the Holy Spirit and their lives can be changed through playing the drums. Again, yeah, so again, just like people have served, we can serve. And so maybe you're a creative. Maybe you have a creative mind and you know how to use computers. Sheila, she comes here every Sunday and sets all this stuff up and does it week in and week out, and she, she needs people on her team. Amen? And so maybe, again, you're young, savvy to you know, computers. Maybe you're old and savvy to computers. We need your help so that we can serve our church better. Uh, here's, here's the cool thing. I grew up in a youth group. My uh, youth minister name was Billy. Uh, his name is Billy Morgan. He's still alive. He's an old man, but he's still alive. Um, but um, I didn't know I could preach until he asked me to preach. I mean, I didn't, and some of you guys are like, you still can't preach. <laughs> well, again, I didn't know I, I, I could even be used by God in that area until I stepped out and I said, okay, God, you want me to speak? I'll speak. Somebody gave me that opportunity. I didn't know I could lead until he asked me to lead. So again, some of you guys are like, man, I, I don't know what my gift is. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Just try it. Just try it all. Join the Ranch Kids. Say, you know, Heather, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a two months. I'll work in Ranch Kids. I want to work up there. I want to see if that's my gift. Bo, I'll, I'll join the Howdy team. I want to greet people. I, I, I want to I figure out if I like people or not. <laughs> you know, I'll serve in the barn facilities team. I, I, you know, I love physical labor. I want to set up the signs. I want to set up the tarps. I want to set up all this stuff. I want to work behind the scenes. Again, just volunteer. Just try it. You know, some of you guys, again, you may not know that you, what your gift is because you haven't stepped up and served. And so when you step up and serve, guess what? You're going to discover your gift. Here's the second blessing. When we serve, we get a front row seat to Jesus' miracles. I don't, 
Again, some of you guys, you're like, man, I've never served the Lord and, and gave him all my life and actually served him. Listen, you are missing out on the miracles of God. Um, you know, in, how many of you guys have ever volunteered, let's say at a cool event, like maybe a concert, you know, or something, and they said, hey, if you'll hand out tickets, we'll go get you behind, you know, the stage and we'll let you meet this person and we'll get you on the front row. Anybody ever, you know, served in that way at any event? Yeah, I mean, some of you guys, you, you've maybe done that. Maybe it was a, you know, Garth Brooks con- concert. Or I don't know what it was. Is Garth Brooks still cool? I mean, he was cool back in the day. My brother actually went to a concert back in the day when he was in his heyday. And you know how he swung from the ropes and stuff and did all that crazy stuff? He actually tripped on the stage, and it was funny. <laughs> My brother told me. So, but anyways, maybe, maybe you served in an event, and because you served, you got front row seats. Here's the cool thing. It's the same way with God. When you begin to serve God, guess what? You're going to be able to see things that nobody else has seen because you're actually close to God serving him. I'll give you a story. Uh, It's the first miracle that Jesus ever performed. Listen to this and listen to who received or knew of the miracles and got to, you know, be a part of it. Look at it with me. It says, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. So you got Jesus, right? Jesus' mother. Listen to what Jesus' mother does. Um, But Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. Well, the wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Can Can you just picture it? I can picture my mom saying something like this to me, right? Here's Jesus, his mother's there, she's probably little Mary, you know, she's like, hey, Jesus, yeah, there's no more wine. And listen to what he says, he says, hey, dear woman, I couldn't say that to my mom, <laughs> but he says, dear woman, that's not, a, that's not our problem, Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. In other words, Jesus, he had not revealed himself as God yet, right? He was still just Jesus, Mary and Joseph's son. But listen to what else he says, or what else his mom does. <laughs> but his mom told the servants, do whatever he tells you. So the mom's taking charge. I think this is funny. Again, I can see my mom doing this. Um, but she, she says, do whatever he tells you, talking about Jesus. And standing nearby, there was six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. So Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars have been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants, what did they do? Say it with me. What did they do? They followed his instructions, right? They served. And when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, because Jesus had turned it into wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, the, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. And he said this, a host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. Listen, this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, now again, I'll, I'll set that story back up. Here's Jesus, he and his mom and the disciples go to this wedding feast. They're serving wine while well, they run out of wine, right? And so Jesus, knowing that Je- or, or Jesus' mom, knowing that Jesus had some special talent, he's God, Right? says, hey, Jesus, you know, do something about it. He's like, it's not my time. Well, so then she takes charge and said, hey, you servants, do whatever he tells you to do, right? 
And so Jesus says, hey, fill those water jugs with water. And that's what they did. And, and miraculously, Jesus changed the water into wine. Then he takes it to the master of ceremonies and they all celebrate because this is the best wine that they've ever had. And they usually don't serve that wine at the last. They usually serve it at the first. Here's the, here's the question that I have. Who were the people that got to experience and know about the miracle? It was the servants. It wasn't the ones that were being served. It was the ones that were serving. Amen? How cool is that? Here's the deal. The same thing happens when we serve other people in the name of Jesus. When we put ourselves last and we lower our position, we get to be a part of something miraculous. And we get to experience it. I I can tell you firsthand as a pastor, I've been blessed to be able to serve people every week, every month, every year for the, you know, last 20 something years. And it's amazing to see how God works when you're actually a part of what he's doing. I mean, I've seen people, you know, that were down and out. They didn't have, you know, a dime to their name. God, they gave their life to Jesus and God turned their finances around. And now they're, again, they're fine. They have all their needs met because they glorify God. I've seen people that were down and out. They were addicted to something or, you know, whatever. And they've been freed from that addiction because they gave their life to Jesus. I've seen the hopeless find hope. I've seen marriages saved. I've seen all these things because God has allowed me the privilege to serve other people. And here's the thing. God doesn't just want preachers to experience his miracles. Amen? Again, some of you guys have already been serving and you've experienced his miracles. But for many of you, you're like, man, I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't know, you know, miracles, really? God still does those? Yes. But if you're not serving, a lot of times you're not going to get to see them. And so we have to begin to serve so that we can have a front row seat to Jesus's miracles. And here's the last part. The last blessing that we have is when we serve, we bring praise and honor to Jesus. When we serve, it's not about us. I mean, again, we're in a self-centered world, right? We take selfies. We are a part of social media, right? It's all about me. And a lot of times we do it, you know, because again, we want people to notice us. We want to receive the honor. We want to be known as somebody important. We want to have a lot of followers. Well, Jesus, (laughs) listen, this life is not about us. It's about Jesus. And when we begin to serve him, guess what? We ought to do it for his glory and his honor. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. It says, each of you should, you know, use whatever gift you have received to what? To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So that in what? All things God may be what? Praise through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Again, the world says, hey, you know, do these things for yourself, man. You got to get, you know, you got to reach this status. You got to, you know, be known. You got to, you know, be successful. You got to be a celebrity. You got to do all these things for your honor and for your glory so that people notice you. Here's the cool thing. When you serve God and you give it all to him, 
Again, he's going to bless you, but he's also going to be praised. And our goal in life and our desire in life when we serve other people is, is to bring him praise and glory. It's a blessing. Again, so many people are like, well, man, when I receive the praise, that's really the blessing. No, when he receives the praise, that's really the blessing. Amen? Here's, here's what we say at Thousand Hills. Again, we have a code that we ride by to fulfill our mission, and it's our values that we have. And here's what we say. We ride for Jesus. In other words, it's all about Jesus. You can, you, know, you can encourage me. You can say things nice to me. That's awesome. I'll say thank you. But at the end of the day, all of this is about Jesus. And if it's not, I don't want to be a part of it. Because he's the reason why we do what we do. The reason why we're trying to, you know, again, grow his kingdom is for his glory. And I want to be a part of something that matters. And so here's the thing. What are you doing that is bringing him praise and honor? How are you serving that makes a difference in eternity? I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, this is, you know, a time where we say we want you to make a commitment. Again, hopefully you've been challenged through the Word of God. Hopefully you've heard from, from God today. You've been challenged in a new way. Well, it's not enough to just to be challenged. It's not enough to just come and say, okay, we're going to worship and, and we're going to, again, take in. We, we desire for you to leave changed. We want you to step up and actually serve the Lord. And so maybe you need to make a commitment today. Maybe you need to just pray, maybe something like this, and ask God these questions. God, how are you calling me to serve? How? Again, maybe today you've recognized, man, you haven't done squat for the Lord. You lived your life, made your money, raised a family, done all these things, but you've not made a difference in eternity. Your rewards are going to be very few in eternity. Listen, you can turn that around. God can turn that around. So maybe you need to ask him, how are you calling me to serve? What gift have you given me that I can serve you with? Maybe the next question is who? God, who are you calling me to serve who is it that you want me to share my faith with who is it that you want me to serve is it my neighbor obviously it is because that's what the Lord says for us to do to love our God and to love our neighbor so maybe you need to begin to serve your neighbor in, in just a you know a tangible way maybe you take them food every now and then maybe you just you know clean up the trash maybe that's around their yard or maybe you know you you know again just whatever need you see that your neighbor has you begin to serve them and through that God can make an eternal difference and you can see some miracles happen maybe you need to ask the question where where God where God are you calling me to serve You may be just a teenager, and you're thinking, well, I don't know that God has a plan for my life. He absolutely has a plan for your life. You say, I don't know if this church can use me. We absolutely need you to serve in this church. 
And so even as a teenager, a child, an adult, an older adult, it doesn't matter. God wants to use you. He's not through with you yet. And so for some of you, you need to maybe pray that prayer. God, who, how, where do you want me to serve? And you need to say this. Maybe just pray this in your heart. Lord, no matter where you tell me to serve, my answer is yes. My answer is yes. So just show me where it is because I'm saying yes today. Maybe he's telling you to join a team in our church. I hope that he is. We need you. And maybe you serve on that team for a little while and you figure out, man, that's not your gift. It's okay. We'll put you on a different team. Again, just try it. Just serve and God will, you know, show you your gift. But here's the thing. Serving isn't just what we do here at Thousand Hills. It should be who we are. And we want to create that culture that says we're here not to just consume. We are here to contribute. And so I hope that you'll take on that that passion that we have, that value that we have that says we are going to ride to serve other people so that we can bring praise and honor to God. And so I hope that you've made that commitment today. And I know God is going to reveal himself to you as you begin to serve, and he's going to be glorified. Lord, today I thank you for the privilege that it is to serve in an amazing church here at Thousand Hills. And Lord, I know that it's not just about our church, it's about your church, the whole church. And so Lord, expand our territory of influence. Show us what it is and how we can serve so that we can increase the population of heaven, so that we can see the miracles that you want to perform through us. And so, Lord, thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for each person in our church that is already serving. And thank you for those that have committed today to serve from now on and to make an eternal difference. Lord, I know that you are going to bless each person that steps up and serves you. And so, Lord, thank you for that amazing opportunity. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Thousand Hills. We pray your life was changed by what you heard. If you've made a commitment today, contact us at 580-216-6427 or check out our website at thousandhillsranch.church where you can give your tithes. Thank you again and have a great week.